Good morning to everyone. It's good to have our visitors here with us this morning. If you're a first-time visitor, we welcome you here. And all of our teaching is verse by verse from one uh, end of, the, of a particular Bible book to the other, so you can learn God's Word. All right, mark your calendars. Lord willing, we'll have a church picnic and afternoon service on July 17th. A church picnic and afternoon service on July 17th. And, of course, the church picnic will be indoors in the air conditioning in the fellowship hall. <laughs> the old-fashioned way, right? <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Um, if you'll take your Bibles, turn to the book of Titus, chapter 2. And while you're turning there, uh, you can mark your calendars again if you'd like. August 14th, August 14th, God willing, uh, especially this is especially for you men up in the sound room, our technical team. August 14th, God willing, we'll be having, uh, I'll be preaching uh, Sunday morning service from uh Probably somewhere around Columbus, Indiana. I haven't really figured out exactly where yet that I want to go. But uh, I was, I've been praying about it. And uh, for those of y'all who do not know, we have uh, church members who are in different parts of the United States. And uh, used to different parts of the world. And uh, thank God uh, those people in other countries have found good churches to go to. But uh, we have uh, some church members who are in Illinois and Kentucky, and uh, we have some who've been watching us from Indiana. Uh, and uh, so I, I've been wanting to see them again and let them be able to see their pastor and be able to have some type of in-person fellowship. And uh, so God willing... I visited with them this morning, and uh, they seem excited about it. And what I want to do is get a hotel uh, somewhere about in the middle of Pete and Michelle Lake and then the, our group there in Kentucky. We've got several folks in Kentucky. And uh, I've already talked to the couple in Indiana who have been watching us online, the Wolseys, and uh, they want to come too. So, God willing, we'll be having people come from Indiana. Actually, from Indiana, it'll be only a 30-minute drive for them to the halfway mark between Illinois and Kentucky. So, Illinois and, and Kentucky uh, will come about three hours. Indiana come about half an hour or so. And uh, we'll meet and have church in a hotel conference room there. And... Brother Shepherd's Sunday School will be broadcast to us, and we'll sit and watch Brother Shepherd live, and then we will broadcast back to you with the big screen up here uh, for Sunday morning service. And then when we get through here, uh, well, sorry, when we get through up there, since we don't get to see each other very often, it'll be the first time for the Kentucky folks to meet Pete and Michelle. They only know them online. Uh, when we get through, we'll have dinner on the grounds at the hotel. Uh, or we may go somewhere, whatever they want to do. We'll have dinner on the ground somewhere and be able to fellowship with each other and uh, let them be able to see their pastor and, and me be able to meet with them again. And if it works out well, I'd like to do that at least once a year with them, if not twice a year, and be able to uh, uh, 
have an in-person service with them and reverse it because they're always watching us. But anyway, if you'd be in prayer about that, and they are excited about it as well, they should be. Titus chapter 2, Megan Newman told me this morning, she had just got through wondering, when are we going to get to see the pastor again and meet together again? And here it is. Titus chapter 2, verse 5, the attributes of godly young women. Now, if you're not well-versed in Scripture... Or if you're not accustomed to being in church, some of the things we're going to talk about this morning in the Bible may seem a little abrasive to you. Or if you're used to being in church and you're just a rebel, they may seem abrasive to you. All right? But but understand, God is the one who designed mankind. God knows what's best. And when you follow God's word, it's a little piece of heaven on earth. And uh, so as we go through the scriptures today, we, Brother Shepherd and I, we're going to teach the Bible like it's written. All right? And as we go through the scriptures today, then uh, learn to embrace what God's Word says, even if it's not what you're accustomed to thinking according to what the world says. Okay? And if you don't like what God's Word says, it, then I don't have anything for you anyway, because I'm going to preach the Bible. No matter what. We like it or not, we're going to preach God's Word because it's true. Titus chapter 2, the attributes of godly young women. Now, Paul has been teaching on the type of people that we should be as the children of God. And Paul began by teaching on what the aged men should be like, the senior men, the older Christian men. And then Paul started teaching on what the aged women should be like. And, and one of the main things that an aged woman should be, Paul said, was a teacher and a role model to the younger Christian women. So by telling the older women what they should be teaching to the younger women, he's kind of killing two birds with one stone, isn't he? He's speaking to both the aged and the younger women alike. Today we'll be focusing on the younger Christian women. And next week, God willing, as we continue in the scriptures, we're going to focus on the younger Christian men. In verse 5, Paul tells older Christian women that they should be teaching younger Christian women. Look in verse 5 now. To be discreet. To be discreet. Now this is the third time that Paul has used this Greek word, in his letter to Titus. In chapter 1 verse 8. It's translated sober. In chapter 2 verse 2. This same Greek word is translated as temperate. And now in verse 5. It's translated as discreet. But it's the same word. It, it, and, and Paul is basically saying that young women, like men, need to be in control of their emotions and their passions. Being discreet is an attribute of godly people. Because we can only experience godliness in our lives when God's Spirit is ruling in our hearts. You got that? Being discreet. Is an attribute of godly people because we can only experience godliness when God's Spirit, not our passions, not our emotions, not our feelings, but when God's Spirit is ruling in our hearts. 
When we yield ourselves to the leadership of God's Spirit, we surrender wholly to His control. And when we are not in control of our passions, but our passions are controlling us, when we're not in control of our emotions, but our emotions are controlling us, then we're being controlled by passions and emotions and not by the Spirit of God. Ladies, the devil attacks us in the areas of our weakest points. He attacks men in the areas of sexual lusts, for example. And he attacks women in the areas of their emotions. Y'all may not have noticed it before, but if you live long enough, you will. Women are usually a little more emotional than men. Have y'all seen that before? Y'all ever noticed it? I've written, when, when I was a highway patrolman, I've written, a, a, I wrote a lot of tickets. Now, I wrote a lot of warnings, too. I was one of the nicest highway patrolmen you'd ever meet. Brother Shepherd writes far more tickets than I ever did. But Brother Shepherd and I can attest. Now, Brother Shepherd, if I'm wrong, you stop me. If we stopped a lot of women. You start writing a ticket. Next thing you know, mascara is coming down their cheeks. But rarely. Is that not right, Brother Shepherd? If it's not tears coming down, it is mad. They're just mad. To jerk that clipboard out of your hand. But if it's but but with men, it's not that way. Women are more emotional. Okay? And so the devil wants to get you all worked up emotionally, ladies. So he can get you to act on the emotion of your flesh. Rather than the inspiration of God's Spirit in your hearts. If Satan can get a woman to operate based on her emotions, then he can destroy her family. And he can greatly hinder the work of God in her life. A mature godly woman is discreet. But an immature Christian woman lacks that discretion. And when she yields to her emotions, she'll become a thorn in her husband's side and a stumbling block in his way. Women who lack discretion will use their emotions to manipulate their husbands. They'll whine, they'll pout, they'll throw a tantrum until they get their husband to do what they want, even when it's against his best judgment. An emotional woman to a man is like a crying woman to a baby. The man will do almost anything to get that full-grown baby to shut up. It's true. It's true. Y'all remember Samson and Delilah? Oh, Samson, she said, Samson, what's the secret to your great strength? Well, he'd tell her something. He knew not to tell her. He didn't trust that woman. He knew not to tell her. Uh, because she was not a good woman. She was not on his side. And so he knew not to trust her. And so he would tell her, well, if you do this, you do the other. And she had tried and she'd find out he lied to her. And the Bible says she moaned and groaned and pitched a tantrum until finally it wore that strong man down. He finally gave in, even though he knew better. There's another man like that. His name was Adam. He knew not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But he did what his wife wanted him to. And she'll continue to wear on his emotions or on his nerves and, and pout until and he finally gives in. 
and compromises what he believes God wants him to do. And when he does, the home is in trouble. When a Christian man is responding to his wife's emotions, then he's not leading his home He's following his wife's emotions. You understand that? When a Christian man is, is being manipulated by his wife's emotions, instead of her and the family being behind him, and him leading the family in the Spirit of God, following God's Word, instead of him leading his family, he's turned this direction, he's now following his wife's emotions. That is the flesh of the emotions is now leading that house. So the house, instead of being led by God's Spirit through that man, is being led by Adam's flesh through that woman. It makes sense? A man will often compromise what he knows is best for his house in order to appease his wife and keep, in his mind, peace in the home. But when Adam gave in to his wife and when Samson gave in to Delilah, compromising what they knew was best... It didn't work out well for them, and it won't work out well for us either. Due to a woman's indiscreet behavior, men will buy temporary peace at the expense of long-term trouble. God equipped men for their place in the home, and He equipped women for their place in their home. And if your husband loves Jesus, ladies, then you can save yourself a lot of trouble if you will cast your care upon your husband's shoulders and let him take care of you. Just cast your care upon your husband's shoulders and let him take care of you. Don't fret. Don't wring your hands. Don't whine and all that stuff. Trust him and cast. Now, if he doesn't follow Christ, if he's not a believer, it's, it's, it's never going to be right because it's not going to be the way God designed it no matter what you do. But if you've got a Christian husband... That's trying his best to serve the Lord. Cast your care and distress upon his shoulders. And let him care for you. If I saw my wife breaking down emotionally over an issue, I'd do all I could to take that heavy matter off of her shoulders and run interference for her. And my wife would be wise to cast it on her husband's shoulders as God tells His bride, the church, to do with us. To cast all of our care upon Him because He cares for us. Paul said a young woman should be, look back in the Scriptures now, after discreet, what should she be? Chaste. See that? Chaste. The word chaste means pure, clean, modest. And let me tell you something. The world is in desperate need of pure, clean, modest young women. Christian women should be the role models of chastity. But once again, the devil attacks us in the area of our weaknesses. And a woman's ability to appear to be attractive is an area that she's weak in. All women want to be beautiful. They are the only creature on earth that spends time putting paint on themselves every day before they go outside. It's amazing to watch. Men never ask, do you think this makes me look fat? They don't do it. Men, do y'all, if your wives ever ask you that, I'm just curious, how many of y'all really say, yep, you look pretty fat there? I knew a preacher's wife once. This is a true story. I knew a preacher's wife once 
who didn't want people to see her fat rear end. I'm just going to be blunt with you. And because of that, she wore a big lizard. It was a piece of jewelry, probably about that big. Gold and had little emeralds or something on it. And she wore that big lizard on the back of her shoulder so that when someone was behind her, they'd think, what is that lit on her shoulder? And they wouldn't, they'd miss her big rear end. That is a true story. And what's funnier than that, she actually told what she was doing for. I can't get that out of my mind. I remember seeing that lizard. And the devil exploiting the natural desire of a woman who, to want to appear beautiful. He will encourage them to actually look like dirty little tramps. He'll deceive women to thinking, now you can enhance your beauty by exposing your body. That's what he'll tell them. You can enhance your beauty by exposing your body. Now he'll especially tell this to young women. He'll tell them they need to expose their bodies for formal occasions. Well, now this is a formal occasion. You need to expose your body for this. Now, it's not that blunt, but that's the reality. I, you know, I cringe when I'm asked to do weddings. Y'all know that? I do. I cringe when I'm asked to do weddings because most women think when they're getting married, they need a wedding dress that exposes to every man what only their husband should be looking at. The devil will tell them they'll be more elegant if they expose their breasts and thighs. You go to a wedding, you go to some formal occasion, expose your breasts and thighs. Ladies, let me tell you something. If you're a Christian, if you want to advertise breasts and thighs, then you need to go to work for Kentucky Fried Chicken. All right? That's the only breasts and thighs that men need to see. When you expose your body to other men, you know what you're doing? You're giving part of yourself away to them, to their minds. The wedding gown is supposed to represent the covering of Jesus' righteousness on us. And when you wear a slinky wedding dress, you turn the righteousness of Christ into a mockery. Turning into something that's sensual and selfish. Wedding dresses have become something to draw attention to the woman rather than to the Savior who died for that woman. The devil is so clever, he's so clever, that he has deceived some Christian women into thinking it's okay to go out in public wearing nothing but their bras and panties. He has. Ladies, let me ask you something right now. If you were in your bra and panties, suddenly all the clothes come off of you but your bras and panties. Most of y'all would be embarrassed. You'd be so embarrassed right now. But... Instead of a pulpit up here, and instead of that being pews you're sitting in, and instead of that being a little river right there to baptize people in, if this was an ocean out there, and those were beach chairs there, you'd be perfectly comfortable in your bras and panties. That's how much the devil's deceived people. It's absolutely amazing. The same body parts, same people staring at you. And they even posted on social media. Oh, look, we were at the beach. You know? It's wrong. It's not discreet. It's not chaste. Excuse me. 
It's okay to dress in your bras and panties as long as you call it a swimsuit. You see how foolish that is? How ungodly. That may be acceptable to the world. It's very acceptable to the world, in fact. I've had a lot of people who claim to be Christians think I was crazy for preaching like this, but it's truth. Chastity. So it may be acceptable to the world, but it's not chaste. It's not pure. It's not clean. It's not modest. Why give away images of yourself to men to whom you don't belong? Christian women are supposed to represent the church. The bride of Christ. Men are supposed to represent Christ. The relationship together is supposed to represent our relationship between us and Jesus. Should the church tempt other gods to whom we don't belong? No. Should we give part of ourselves away to false gods other than Jesus? God forbid. And in the same way, Christian women, you should cover yourselves up and keep yourselves holy to your husband, who is a type of Christ, to whom the church should keep herself holy to as well. We have fallen so far as a society today that we make unchaste women heroes. A woman can sleep around outside of marriage. She can just sleep around and get pregnant. Or she can marry some fella, have a baby, and then get a divorce. And the world will celebrate her. The world will say she's a hero. The world will give her taxpayer benefits and celebrate her under the name of being a, quote, single mom. Our victims and heroes used to be widows. Now they're unchaste women. Paul said women should be, look in your text, keepers at home. Today we would call them housekeepers. Okay, that'd be our vernacular today. But women should be housekeepers. This means they should be taking care of the house. They should be homemakers. Homemakers. The devil's fooled women into, into thinking that they're too good to be homemakers. That's what the world says. Oh, you've got so much more potential than that. You could be a doctor or a lawyer. You could go off and do something else. You're too good to be a homemaker. That's what the world says. The women are too good to be homemakers. And the truth is most women are not good enough to be homemakers. It takes wisdom to be a homemaker. It takes dedication to be a homemaker. It takes sacrifice and hard work to be a homemaker. Ladies, caring for your home and your children is the place God has given you in life. And it is a holy calling. Don't abandon God's best for the devil's cheap substitute in your life. Your job isn't to build a career it's to build a family and help your husband. That's what the Bible says. Families would be far better off today if they would go back as best as they could to the husband being the primary uh, 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 person earning a living and the wife keeping the home and contributing in ways to the family that don't take away from the household needs and don't rob her time from her children. Paul said, teach them to be, look back in your text, good that is, teach them to be a benefit to their homes and not a burden. Teach them to be a benefit 
to their homes and not a burden. Teach them to contribute to their homes in a good way and not in a bad way. And Paul said, and to be, look back in your text, obedient to their own husbands. Obedient to their own husbands. The Greek word translated obedient here, it means literally subordinate. It means to be under the authority of the husband and thus to obey him as a subordinate would a supervisor at work. In an effort to harm women, the devil tells them that a woman being obedient to her husband, that's archaic, it's oppressive. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't too long ago. In fact, I was watching uh, an old Leave it to Beaver episode. Now, most of us here, a lot of us here, were alive when Leave it to Beaver was going on. And I was watching an old Leave it to Beaver episode last week, in fact. Uh, and uh, I remember Ward and June Cleaver were having a little argument in the home. And I remember Ward saying, Now, June, if you want to undermine authority, you, my, if you want to undermine my authority, you go right on ahead and do that. And I remember thinking, that wasn't that long ago when that came out, and no one thought anything about it. That was Hollywood putting that out. But if they were to put something like that on the air today, oh my goodness, people would be protesting. Firebombs going off. Advertisements would be canceling that broadcast. It wasn't that long ago. But you know what? Divorce rates were lower back then. Suicides were lower back then. Things were a lot better back in those days. Because it was closer to the way God designed. The Bible says here that they should be obedient to their husbands. This isn't Richard talking here. This is your creator talking here. This is your God talking here. He knows what's best. But the, the world will say, well, now that's archaic. It's a, an oppressive religious view, but it's not. Obedience to your husband's the word of God. It's God's wise design for his creation. My wife will tell you real quickly that her job is to obey her husband. Isn't that right, sweetheart? She'll tell you quickly. I've heard her tell other people. I've heard her, t I've heard her tell other ladies, obey your husband. Obey your husband. And this, thank God, that is an area we don't struggle in at home at all. We just don't struggle at all. Have no arguments at all. Ever. If you are a mature Christian woman, then it won't be a struggle for you either. Because you will want to obey your husband so that you may obey your God. Because when you're living in disobedience to your husband, you are, according to Scripture, living in disobedience to the God who told you to be obedient to your husband. It's disobedience to God. It's not a husband-wife issue. It's a Christian God issue. You see? If you're obedient to God, if you, you cannot submit as a, as, a, as a married woman. You cannot submit to the authority of God without submitting to the authority of your husband who placed him in authority in the home. If I tell my wife to do something at home, she does it. If I make a decision, she stands by it. 
And then she not only stands by it, she supports me in the decision. She didn't say, okay, and then pitch a fit, and then go around mm, all stove up, make me regret what I did. There's never an issue at all. There's just no issue. She supports me. She prays for me. She does what I say. And you know what? It's a beautiful and it's a holy thing. And you know what it does to me? It makes me know that when I make a decision, guess who's going to be responsible for the outcome? Not her. The buck stops with old Richard right here. And if I mess up, I'm the one wearing the egg on my face. I am. It makes me humble. Because I realize if I make a decision that hurts her, God's going to hold me accountable for it. You see how that works? I've got to be very... The way it's designed is this. The woman puts the weight of all the decisions, the big decisions, on that husband. The ones that may make her stress out. She just casts them on his shoulders. And then that husband is casting all that on God's shoulders and he's praying for God's direction. And the husband follows God and the woman follows the husband and the children follow them both. All, and they love each other all the way to heaven. It's a beautiful thing. The obedience belongs to her, but the buck stops with me. My wife's obedience to me, it frees me up to be the man that God created me to be. And it frees her up to be the woman that God created her to be. It takes all the stress off her and it places on me, which causes me to have to place it on God. My wife's cheerful obedience makes me love her. Her cheerful obedience, it, it drives me to protect her. It causes me to have deep respect for her in such a divine and holy way that many people, I would say probably most couples, will never experience because they're, they're, they're too busy saying, no, I, I don't see it that way, and they want to do it the way the world says or do it the way their flesh tells them to. And they're just unwilling to let go and trust God and obey Him. God has placed husbands in authority. So, again, when the woman obeys Him, she's obeying God. But consequently, a woman should never obey her husband in any matter that would cause her to disobey God's Word. Because God would never give her husband authority to tell her to disobey God's authority. Does that make sense? So if the husband tells the woman, honey, we're running a little short on cash. What a, and instead of me buying meat today, our grocery budget's a little low, just put some in your purse. Try to get some nice thick steaks. Take the big purse today and put a couple steaks in your purse and shoplift them. Steal them. Well, if the husband told his wife to do that, she couldn't say, well, God told me to obey my husband. No, not in that. Because that's the same God that says, thou shalt not steal. You see how that works? So obedience to your husband is not obeying your husband simply because he's your husband. It's obeying him because he's under the authority of God. And God places you under his authority. So as soon as the husband steps out from God's authority over you, then you no longer have to be submissive. To your authority to Him. Does that make sense? You have to obey God 
rather than man. That's what the scripture says in the book of Acts. Okay? So if he ever tells you uh, to do something that God's word says not to do, then you do what God says and not him. Women should have all these wonderful attributes as we close now because, Paul says, look back in your text, that the word of God be not blasphemed. You see how all this falls back on the word of God. It all falls back to God's word. So if you have a problem with what's being taught, it's between you and God's word. <laughs> I'm just the messenger. And I don't apologize for the message because it's good. It's right. It works. It's holy. It's what the church needs. It's what our families need. That the word of God be not blasphemed. The Christian family should bear witness to the wise design of God's Word. When people see how well the Christian home works, when they're following the Scriptures, it should bring glory to God in the eyes of people who look. They should think, man, that's the way I want my family to be. It should authenticate the pattern that God gave for the homes in His Word. Christian couples should be known for staying together for life. They should be known for happy marriages. Stable children. But if only one partner. If only one partner. In that marriage. Decides to be disobedient to God's word. They can destroy that home. And when Christians destroy their homes. They destroy their testimonies to the wisdom of God. And they harm the name of Jesus Christ. God willing we'll pick back here. Next week, and look at God's Word to young men. God's Word to young men. Oh, I'm so glad I have a Bible. Yesterday, I went out to my little garden spot. By the way, Nelda brought tomatoes out here. If any of y'all want tomatoes, she brought little Walmart sacks and tomatoes, and you can Help yourself to some tomatoes, put them in the Walmart sacks, and go home. There's an honor box out there. No, I'm kidding with you. No, they're free. You can take them. They're free. But I went out yesterday, and I was getting I, in my little garden spot ready for maybe some fall gardening. And my spring garden and everything had died off and been harvested. And I had a bunch of weeds in that little garden spot. And I took my trash can out there, and I was pulling up weeds. I took my shovel, and I turned over the the soil and uh, then I took a rake and I raked it over nice and smooth now it looks real pretty where before it was all lumpy and had weeds all in it and when you take God's word you take the Bible just like the shovel just like the rake they're sharp the Bible the scriptures are sharp instruments when you run them across your flesh, they're not always like a nice massage, you know. I mean, sometimes they're they're rather sharp, and 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 our flesh goes, "Oh, I don't like hearing that. Oh, I don't like hearing it." But you know what? When that dirt yielded to those sharp instruments yesterday, and I got through, all the cursed weeds were removed that came from Adam. And those sharp instruments made it nice and smooth and beautiful and sightly again. 
And don't cringe if you'll just trust your Creator. Yield to His Word. Let the sharp instruments of Scripture run across your heart. And let it pluck up the weeds that don't belong. The thoughts the devil in the world puts there that don't belong. If you'll do that, God will make your family something that will honor God. And bear witness to the wisdom that He has given you in His Word for your family. Father, we thank You so much for Your precious Word. Lord, we thank You that You take it whether we're men or women or old or young. And you rake it across our hearts. And you make it beautiful again. You take away the weeds that so easily grow. And you allow it to be planted that it may bear fruit unto you. And glory to your name. And I pray that each and every one of us here today. In our hearts. Will say amen. To what we've heard. That we'll come in agreements with your word. And yield to you. In Jesus' wonderful name. And let us be a wonderful shining testimony to the wisdom of our God. Be with these people who came today. Bless our visitors. We're so thankful for them. We pray for their return. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.